Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. When I got MyPillow, I'm asleep almost immediately. I stay asleep at night and I wake up more well rested in the morning. That's why I invented MyPillow. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and helps keep your neck supported and aligned. I'm interrupting this commercial right now. Retailers have canceled my pillow. And to thank you for your support, I'm gonna pass the savings directly on to you. Go to mypillow.com right now to get deep discounts on all my pillow products. For example, you can get my premium my pillows regularly $69.98, now just $29.98, the lowest price ever. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit mypillow.com. So we, we have that the two different. Um, I, I want to get to the the different draft version, but f- but first I just want to play just for everyone who isn't watching what's going on in the house right now. This is the exchange that just happened between Raskin and Biggs, two congressmen. Um, it's it's quick, but it shows you just how they're trying to spin this in your absence, not being there. Let's go ahead and play that clip real quick. <laughs> They'd still do it if I was there. <laughs> By the states. And so will the gentleman yield? You've called me out and asked if I would respond. I'm happy to respond. Yes, but by all means, do you accept the uh, do you accept this audit, which showed that Joe Biden won and indeed by more votes than that is not what the audit concluded, Mr. Raskin. You know better than that. Have you read the whole audit or you cherry picked the line which talks about the recount versus the tabulation machines? That we would have expected to be very similar. And it was. And so anything that might have inured to President who won Biden's the election effect? is my question, Mr. Biggs. I'm happy to yield to you for that. Who won the election in Arizona? Donald Trump? We don't Joe know Biden? because the, as the audit, it demonstrates very clear, clearly, Mr. Raskin, there are a lot of issues with this uh, election that took place. We're going to go through those today, but you can okay, continue. Speaking of the we'll big lie, you can continue to perpetuate it as long as you want. <laughs> so they're basically doing exactly what we expected they do. Um, cherry picking different parts of the audit that is beneficial to their argument. Um, but you, you I mentioned mean, that's a problem that with the, our world these days. Everyone, yeah. everyone doesn't care what's true anymore. They care about what's believable, and that's what they perpetuate. If it's believable and it supports a viewpoint, they push it out there. Um, and that's it, unless we repent of that and seek the true truth, there's no hope for our country. Uh, and that's that's not just a left left thing. I mean, it, the same thing happens on the right. Maybe yeah. not to the same degree, but it happens too. So you mentioned, and Joe, obviously, this is kind of what kicked off your um, communications with Doug. There was this draft report, and there was also a final report. And the draft report said different things than the final report. Among them, the draft report included a line that said that the election should not have been certified or should be decertified, something to that effect. If we, I, I want to show the differences, if we can just put up my screen real quickly. Um, so we have this one. On the left, that is the draft report that we were running with. And then on the right, let me scroll down to find it. Oh, it's in a different one. But right, this. So you need the executive summary right on both. Exactly. Yeah, you need the executive yeah. summary on both. You're on the, yeah, the, the third, problem, third volume. The problem the is that, that this one, this summary table, appears in the later volume than the draft report. Um, but so this is the sentence that has kind of been at issue. The election should not be certified and the re- reported results are not reliable. So that was not in the final results. That was not in the final um, audit version. 
you, I guess you, I never you talked wrote a little bit. <laughs> yeah, because you never wrote that. Um, we talked a little bit, and, and you say you're trying to narrow down who might have written this draft report. But the question no, I've I had is no, he knows who wrote the. I, I know who wrote, wrote the draft report. Yeah, I, I was just being a little generous to <laughs> to, to the <laughs> investigative process. Um, is that a sentence you disagree with? Yeah, I, I think I do. Um, and I know that sounds shocking to everybody, but you know what? One of the things that that I think uniquely qualifies me in a lot of this audit work is how objective I go about things and how much I'm looking for proof on things. And I want the absolute proof. And to me, our report brings a whole bunch of questions that need to be answered. And when those questions are answered, we'll be able to say whether it should or should not be certified, but I'm not willing to go there yet. Like I, I, I really don't feel like there's solid enough evidence to say without a shadow of a doubt with, as I said in one of the hearings, our goal was irrefutable proof. We're not at the point of irrefutable proof. We have a lot of things that don't make sense that look at a place that need more investigation by an investigative body. Um, and I know that there's there's probably a lot of people, on the, like there's a lot of people after, after the report came out that were upset with me over that. They're like, you should have made a stronger statement. You, you should have specifically gone out at that. But like, I've got to we're remain true with what I feel like I know. Were, were you at odds then? I mean, obviously this was written by someone on your team, right? And, and I, I want to be really clear that draft was written by someone on your team and they, they, they wanted, they concluded based upon all the things that you call it definitive proof, the smoking gun. Um, they concluded that the election should not be certified. Is that correct? From their standpoint, there was more than enough evidence that they thought that it should not be certified. Um, and we had all sorts, we had lots of people help, helping us in, in things. Um, and everyone came from different vantage points and different levels of believability. Some of this stuff, you'd get some number out there, they'd be like, there we go, it's immediately fraud. And then we'd drive it, dive into it further and say, you know, actually, there's a very good explanation for that. Um, so. Yeah, I, yes. I, I'm on the spectrum, you know, people love me or hate me for it, but I'm on the spectrum where I'm, you know, I'm more objective. It takes more evidence to win me over one way or another on things. And I understand, and I understand, that. I understand <laughs> that you want the burden of proof to prove it. From our vantage point, we see a report like this that has five times the number of ballots as the margin of victory, where there are serious questions as to whether or not they were legitimate ballots or not, right? Just to be as, as, as fair as possible in saying that. When you see that there's the, mar the number of questionable ballots is more than five times the margin of victory, we see the burden of proof shifting. Instead of needing like the, the preponderance of evidence or whatever to prove that it was fraud, we see it as, well, when you have this many questions, you should have an overwhelming amount of evidence to prove that these are legitimate because the consequences of getting it wrong, the consequences of certifying an election and helping someone reach the White House that didn't deserve it, could be catastrophic, right? That this guy has access to the nuclear codes. He's the uh, okay. quote, leader of the free world. Hold on a so second here. I, under, I understand where you're going from, but when if you look at it from a different but way- But what of, about uh, the other side of that? What are the consequences of decertifying now? It literally puts us in a constitutional crisis that we've never been in before, that we don't have a clear pathway for. Wait if a we're minute. Going to put our, if we're gonna put our country in that sort of space, if we're going to suggest to be in that sort of place, we better be absolutely 100% sure that what we have is right and true. Okay. Like, yes, it makes sense to go there if it's, so, if it's right and true. So, so Doug, Doug, you're, you're right, but you're wrong. 
I'm going to just say you're right, but you're wrong, right? And I'm saying this because I'm glad that you want to be 100% sure because the consequences of a constitutional crisis are pretty grave. Would you agree? Absolutely. Okay. So let's put that, that fear aside for just a minute. The Bible does say 365 times in it, fear not, right? I want to put it's that not aside. Fear. Hold on. It's it responsibility. Is fear. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on. You, you can't wrap fear in responsibility. Responsibility leads us back to accountability. And accountability is in making sure that we have a system that actually does what it's supposed to do, and that is protect the interests of the voice of the American people. Okay? If we were just looking at the audit, if we were just looking at Maricopa County, and you'd say, I can't definitively do this, I can't definitively do this, I can't definitively do this. Right? I would say, okay, this is our only, this is our only ability to look at this. This is our only view, right? It's our only view. And if it was our I, only I mean, view and you were coming through the front window, then you could say definitively, this is not the case. Now, I want to add a couple things to this that, okay. that are known. Let's, let's step back on this a little bit. Okay. Suggesting we should decertify is like launching a nuke. It's like launching nuke in other countries. So if you have some skirmish in some other in some other country that happened, how much proof do you need before you launch that nuke? Because you have a moral responsibility to make sure that it's right. It's the same equivalent thing in our country. So it well, has you, the same impact. Are, it's significant. Okay. We're sitting like, on the board. Well, here's the thing. We're sitting the, on the like, board. We've got to realize. Let's assume right now that off of the information we have right now, with nothing else, people decertify. Okay. They they go through the process. They decertify constitutional crisis. It somehow gets resolved without any type of conflict and another president is put in place. Let's just assume that happens. What is going to be the burden of proof the next time? And are you going, are you ready for the left or people you don't agree with to use that same level of not hundred percent truth against you to try to decertify it again? I'm not, our country is more well, important than let that. Me ask you this. And I'm going to make sure absolutely that it's All true right, and hold, real. Hold on, before we hold, do hold on, hold on, hold on. Time out. I was if in the middle of my thought. On... I'm going to finish my thought. I'm going to finish this thought. It's really important. I finish this thought. All right. Okay. Listen, deviations. There's four of them. You, I've talked about this deviations of behavior, ma oh, excuse me, uh, tech deviations of, um, law and deviations of math and science. Those are four deviations that would lead me to believe that if all four exist, you decertify the election. Now, again, Trump's my guy. I won't, I won't apologize for the fact that he cares deeply about our country. I won't apologize that he's my pick. With that said, I don't care who the president is. I don't care. What I care is that the American people elect that president, that American people elect our senators, American people elect the people in office that we choose, that the mores of society show to be reality. Not left wing, not right wing. None of that makes a difference. The 90% in the middle that are marginalized on a daily basis, that don't have a voice and are treated like slaves, that is where my loyalties lie. Now, with that said... And I'm with you 100%. But with that said, I, that. I have to look at it the same way that I would look at a missing person. If you don't find that person in the first 72 hours, chances of you finding that person become almost non-existent. As we start looking down at those deviations from day one, 5,000 ordinary people that filed affidavits on the behavioral deviations that happened the day of the election. Those are behavioral deviations that they said nothing to see here. 
If you look at the fact that they came out the day after the election and said this is the safest election in U.S. history, they didn't wait more than 24 hours to say that with no looking at any of the evidence. Yeah, yeah it was a ridiculous statement. Unprofessional. That's a deviation of behavior. That shows you nothing to see here. We're going to get our way. If you look at the Time Magazine article where they admit, they admit in the article, they admit it, that they were going to secure the election the way they wanted to and that they were going to make the decision. They, that, those were their words, not mine. That's a behavioral deviation. When we get into the deviation of law, you have the breaking of the state constitution in Arizona, or excuse me, in uh, um, Nevada, in um, Pennsylvania, in uh, Michigan. Those were breaking of the state constitution and how they handle ballots and mail-in ballots. Those provisions were not in the constitution. A judiciary decided on that, and that's not the job of the judiciary. The judiciary does not have the authority to make legislative changes to the Constitution without the will of the people or the people that represent those people. That's a deviation of the Constitution. That's a deviation of law. Then you talk about the deviation of math and science. Doug, I, I, I cannot, in good conscience, look at the deviations of math and science above all in, in conjunction with the fact that they kept so much from you and not come to the conclusion, based on that, that we are in a massive conspiracy to defraud the American people. And because the deviation of math and science, Ed Solomon, Bobby Python, by the way, all of these guys are extremely bright and even keeled. They're not, we're not talking about people that are eccentric. We're not talking about people that you know, do drugs or cheat on their wives. That's not the type of people we're talking about. We're talking about quants. We're talking about people that literally love this country, have the same consternation or trepidation that you have related to the constitutional crisis. I do not see that as a small thing. But in a vacuum, one thing might be true. It might be a conspiracy. It might be a conspiracy theory. But when you delete ballot images, when you keep information away from you that might actually show impropriety, when you do things like have ballot boxes that are open and, and dividers missing, and you have six months where nobody can tell where they went or the, the ballot on the pallets, that, you know, where would those pallets go? Uh, nobody knows. There's no chain of custody. You look at all that stuff and you say, oh, it might just be explained away by a mistake. Oh, it's just a mistake. But in collection, when you start looking at PID components, where you start looking at energy decay models, mathematical models to get to a set point and getting to that point. And then you look at the comparatives between one city and one state versus another city and another state, and it follows the same line. That's not an anomaly that I can ignore. So in a vacuum, I would say, maybe you're right. You can't conclude 100%. And yes, definitively, you have to get to the place where it's 100%. I agree with you. I don't, I don't, I, I, I wasn't 100% sure of the fact that you said that I lied about putting out that draft until I got to you and went to that single source of truth. So I went to you and said, Doug, blah. And at that point, we had a conversation, right? And in that conversation, we had reconciliation. But we can't reconcile, we can't reconcile anything that the left is doing right now, and we can't reconcile what they're doing with this election. We can't reconcile the lies. And your, your and I conversation specifically was the mainstream media does nothing but lie. Everything that they're putting out there right now about this audit is a lie. Did you conclude that? Absolutely. All Absolutely. right. So if you if you conclude that, why Being in the, the middle of the fake news? <laughs> but why in the middle yeah. of all this would the mainstream media take your report and conclude something that was not in your report? 
And so when I ask you, would you decertify? And you say, no, I don't agree with that. I'm okay with you saying that you would agree with that. But when you look at it holistically about what's happening, they're taking even your report of being standing in line and saying, look, I don't have enough information because of X, Y, and Z, giving people the benefit of the doubt, honoring people you don't know, even doing all of that, they took all of that to a new level, ignored everything that you said, built a 15-second TikTok video, and told the entire country, there's nothing to see here. See, we told you so. That's dangerous. Well, Doug, that's Doug, more dangerous Doug, than saying... That's a, the the yeah. media absolutely out, is very dangerous. <laughs> take out the decertify part. Take out the decertify part. Imagine, hypothetically, you are sitting on the Maricopa Board of Supervisors, and you are sitting there in November, and they hand you the, the, cam, the, the count of the ballots, right? And then they also magically hand you your report for the audit. If you are sitting on the board of supervisors, knowing everything you know now, having done the audit in Maricopa County, would you as a supervisor on that board vote to certify those results? Not without more investigation. So then the decertifying is is the same deal. If, if you say you wouldn't certify well, it, because it is and it be isn't. concerned, then we should be equally concer concerned now because I, and here's I the understand thing. the it's, constitutional crisis part, right? I understand that, but the constitutional crisis doesn't stem from the fact that we're now trying to get to the bottom of it. The constitutional crisis stems from the fact that they rammed this through saying it was the most secure election ever and said you don't have the right to look at it. And every time we've ever looked at it, we found a lot more questions than answers. Right. So if the answer is that you wouldn't have voted to certify in that moment, knowing what you know now, then it seems like the answer should be that we should at least push to decertify if it never should have been certified. We should let it go its course right now that the attorney general is looking into things and the attorney general can confirm, for example, our 23,000, the attorney general confirms that that is the point where I feel confident and saying whether it's a decertify or not, you know, or, or not decertify is when when those results are fully and properly validated. Because here's the thing: there's all sorts of fraud that's identified by statistics. Um, there's financial fraud and everything. But the goal always is, and that is now then to get to the sheets of paper and to find the actual fraud where it happened. Like it's you don't go and throw someone in jail because you have statistical models. You throw someone in jail because you took the statistical model and you found how they were embezzling money. And the same thing I think is true from, an, from a decertification standpoint. We actually need to prove it. And we can't be content with not getting those last details and not following it through. Our country is way too important to take this flippantly or too early. Okay, so, so let's, let's hypothetically say that that's true, right? And look, Doug, I'm not attacking you. This is not me attacking you. This is me pushing back against you right now. Because, frankly, the, the, the weight of the free world, the weight of the free world, not just in this country, but in, in countries across the, across the world, the, the whole world is watching us now. Absolutely. Fact, I know that the weight's on your shoulders. But he, here's the problem that we're up against. Here's the problem that I can, I'm going to mimic from people that are sending texts right now and everything else. Here's the problem. You ready? People in political positions got there for, for a reason. They were either placed there or given that authority for a reason. So as the American people, we know our eyes didn't deceive us. We know about these deviations. We can see it all collectively, right? Well, let's say that we put that weight now on the AG and the AG said nothing to see here. And we leave these vulnerable systems in place. 
we leave these Dominions and Smartmatics and ES&S, which by the way, we don't know who owns any of those companies. Did you know that? We, we don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody's ever come out and said, I own 3%, I own 5%. Nobody knows who owns the election systems that represent the American people. They don't know. It's ownership is public record. It's, it's part of an SEC filing. What do you mean no one knows? <laughs> okay, go pull the SEC filing. I, I want to see it. I, you owe me lunch if you can find who owns <laughs> Dominion Voting Systems. You, you owe me lunch. I'll owe you lunch. I will fly to wherever you are, and I will buy you the nicest meal ever if you can tell me who owns Dominion Voting Systems. You're UBS not going to like it. LLC. <laughs> You're not going to like it. You're not going to like what you see. You're not. I promise you, you're not going to like what you I've see. I've pulled it before. I've pulled okay. it before. Who owns Dominion Voting Systems? UBS Securities LLC. Oh my gosh. Who owns Dominion Voting Systems? Not Dominion Voting Systems USA. Who owns Dominion Voting Systems? Which, by the way, owns that 100% of that subsidiary. Who owns it? If you follow up the chain, it's UBS Securities LLC. Okay, who there's another it? step in between. Between there's so two I, steps. I'm forgetting the name of the. I'm forgetting the venture capital co company in between. It's been a while. So, oh, you're talking about uh, uh, Street. Uh, um, what is it? State Street. State Street Capital. Yeah, State Street Capital is in between, and then okay, UBS so Securities owns? LLC, which is owned by UBS. And who owns UBS? A lot of people. And no owner is more than three percent. Okay, who owns Street Cap? Uh, um, street uh, State Street. Wrong? State Street. I believe it's wholly owned by UBS Securities LLC. It's been a bit. I, I, you're going to owe me lunch, and you're going to have to fly to where I am. <laughs> <laughs> no, I promise you, you're going to have to fly to me. It is happening. You are definitely going to fly to me yeah. and buy me lunch, wherever I might be in the country. Uh, I, we might have to wait on that one. I've got, I got a little bit of debt right now. Yeah, well, I'm going to add a little bit more to your debt. I, I have this, aud I have this yeah. audit habit. Yeah. So, so Doug, I understand, I understand what you, what you mean when, when you say that the consequences of getting a decertification vote wrong are too significant to go about it without full evidence. But I want to separate that and make sure we're not talking about two different things. What we're talking about is decertifying Joe Biden's victory. At no point are we saying that we should certify Donald Trump as the winner. I right. think that's the difference. I think there's a difference between saying that we have enough evidence to prove that Donald Trump won or we have enough evidence to significantly question Joe Biden's victory to the point that it's too important not to take a step back and pause. And I understand what you're going through. But at the same time, you just ran the audit, right? So I, I don't want, I'm not attacking or anything, but... To hear you say that we need more investigation, your audit was the investigation. They're not going to do another one. And yeah, it's going to go to the attorney general, and maybe he's going to take action on things. But uh, probably not if we just look at the trend of, of different Republican attorneys general around the country. Look at what they did in Georgia. Complete cover-up, right? So I understand where you're at, but this was the investigation. And the fact that they, they put roadblocks up to deliberately stop you from seeing things that to me is cause enough to pump the brakes, pull, put that car in reverse and say, hey, we never should have certified this thing. If, if you were a, on the board of supervisors and you had all this information and they said, hey, I want to look at the code. And then everyone else on the board of supervisors said, no, we're not going to let you. 
Of course you wouldn't. You know what I mean? You have to look at it in the totality of all of the evidence that we've collected and the absence of evidence caused by their obstruction. So I get where you're coming from, but absent a, a legitimate attorney and general, general investigation, you are the further investigation, right? You, you guys were that further investigation. And from where we're looking at, we have to assume that we're not going to get another bite at this apple. And the findings in your report, in my opinion, more than justify decertification, not not justifying certifying Trump as the winner. Yeah, which, which I think I think there's a big I think there's a big I think we have to great. I think we have to build a gap between that. But, and so I'm going to ask you another question. Right. Do you think that these election machines should be certified? I think the standards for what requires election machines should be much higher. And I'm not sure if any of the election machines should be certified. Do you think they should be these machines? If you, if you could, if you could go back to the 2020 election, would you recommend using dominion voting systems? Do you believe that that is a safe and secure system to be used in our elections to elect the most powerful man in the world? Um, it's it, it's my opinion that that no, I don't think that would be the best choice to be used. But I don't know if I can think of any better choice. I don't know of any other options out there. Do you? Do you know of anything that's good? Yep, paper. Okay, pen, paper, paper ballots, <laughs> hand paper, walking in, voting, hand paper. Let, let, let me tell you, there's a lot to count in 2.1 million ballots. I'm just saying. <laughs> the UK does it. I, the UK does it. Every referendum yep. they have, it's yep. paper ballots. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but let me. Yeah, but Doug, it it just, can be done. I'm with you. I recommend you, that. But so, it's not a simple task. But but who cares? Simple task. What's simple? Yeah. What's simpler? How much money are we spending because the trust, the public trust, has been violated? How much money are we spending right now? How much time? How much? How much? How much do people feel? Americans? How many? How much do Americans feel who lost their loved ones over the last two hundred years? That, that goes back historically. My grandfather died in this war. My great-grandfather died in this war. My brother died in Afghanistan and then watched as we replaced the Taliban with the Taliban because of weak and effectual leadership. The people in this country are not weak. We're not weak people. So what's yeah. it worth? Is it worth the extra added effort to, actually, to hand count? One of the things I thought is an option is to make, to make election day a national holiday and the day afterwards and then have run by volunteers. I think one of the biggest problems with election systems, even beyond the, the potential security problems in them, is that it takes the ownership of the election away from the people. You know, when you actually were part of the process and you came in and volunteered and you counted the ballots and you saw how they were handled and you saw where they went, um, you had an ownership of that and you, you understood that it was real and it was legitimate. But when it's all digital in some box that you can't even see the system by which it went to, um, it, it puts the the ownership, the accountability, and you know really you know the trust. It pulls it away. Um, so I think that's a, our great reasons for paper. Um, I don't view that as a realistic option that people are going to do overnight, but I think it would be amazing and huge to do so. Um, and and <laughs> when you encountered the member, the different county officials, obviously one of the findings was that they were all using the same password to log into the same admin account. We all know that that's a, generally a very bad idea. If you want something to be secure, you want to give everyone their own <laughs> usernames, their own passwords, so you can tell who went in and did things. My question to you is, obviously the old saying is, is never assume malice when it can be explained by just like stupidity, right? 
in your professional opinion, as have with a history of auditing and, and doing security, white hat hacking, that kind of stuff, did you encounter more ignorance or did you encounter more malice? Because I have a hard time understanding some of the things that these officials did. And I'm not even a tech guy. I'm not an IT guy. I just know enough not to do stuff that won't get me hacked, right? Did you encounter more ignorance or more malice in your professional opinion? So I can tell you that when I have tested applications within um, sectors of, of uh, industry that do not have requirements to do any security testing, um, it's usually atrocious. You know, and, and it's the types of stuff that we see on these machines is not that atypical to when there's absolutely no standard being applied or being validated. And so I cannot tell you whether this was intentional um, or not intentional, but I can tell you that when no one is requiring standards to be in place, um, these are the sorts of things that you do typically find and it can just be pure incompetence. Now, what strikes me as odd when I take a look at the situation is that um, we have been told that they use Splunk at this location. Okay, so Splunk is a relatively sophisticated piece of IT security equipment that is not cheap, it's expensive. And usually when you have that level of sophisticated gear, you have a general understanding of how things should and should not be done. Um, in which case you make sure that you apply those. Um, and to me, that makes it more questionable that these best practices were not implemented and were not put in place because Maricopa County, unless you just purchase something I don't know how to use, um, yeah. you know, show some level of sophistication to have that level of gear. Um, but then again, you know, every, every organization I've worked at, there's, you know, there's been certain parts of it where people are like, Hey, don't look over here and the way that we do things, you know, and if they're not directly responsible for it, you could have a very competent security person managing Splunk and have someone else in charge of the systems on the air gapped network because it's not on the network. So it's not your responsibility. So there may not be a correlation. It's a, I, I mean, that's a long way of saying I, I don't really yeah. know. Um, it, it's yeah, not I have a hard like time. It's, it's a failure of the EAC. I mean, the bigger issue is that it's not just that we found these bad passwords in Maricopa, but we see the same similar bad passwords in Antrim. We see the similar bad passwords and it's almost a naming convention. Like I could write a cracking utility that could figure out these passwords like that if I didn't know them beforehand, because yeah. it's almost the same format of them across multiple states. But it's the safest so. election in U.S. history, Doug. It's the safest yeah. election in U.S. history. What you just said is in conflict to, the, to the, the words that are being spoken by people through the mainstream media. It's the safest election in U.S. history. If you can break these codes, right, and you can write a program to break these codes, and you can write a program. L let me ask you just another question. Were any of these devices hooked to the Internet? Uh, based on the, the analysis that Cypher did, um, yes. Okay, so they're hooked to the internet, which means the CEO of Dominion Voting Systems lied. You're up. Correct. Okay, so, so, so let's, stop say, let's stop this for right now for a minute and say, okay, and, and any one point in your report, any one point in your report would not be enough information for me. But if, it's, if it quacks like a duck, looks like a duck, moves like a duck, flies like a duck, eats like a duck, right? talks like a duck, it's a duck. These machines were not secure. These machines did not have proper protocols to, to even secure passwords. They are connected to the internet. And the CEO of the company that came out said very clearly, they cannot be connected to the internet. He lied under oath. 
Now these machines aren't, aren't secure. Now whether or not they aren't secure because they just write bad code, that, has, that, that to me is irrelevant. They write bad code, they put that code out there, they don't secure the passwords, they connect them to the internet, and then they get over here and they're like, nothing to see here. There's nothing to see here. This is, this is the safest election in US history. <laughs> Do you believe that's true? I think that Krebs' statement that it was the safest election industry was its safest election in history was a poor statement to make. Um, I would never make a statement without the, like that without substantiating it. I would say I think it's the safest election in history because we did A, we did B, we did C, we did D, and we did E. And now you know why I make that statement. And what that allows is. When you look at that list, you might sit there and go, well, you forgot about G, F, I, J, and K. Those still could have been a problem. Or it allows you to go, wow, that really was comprehensive. So I think that that statement that he made was absolutely foolish and unprofessional to make such a statement. And I don't like, I have no idea what he based it off of, um, but it was unprofessional to not tell us what it was based off of. But he doesn't tell us what it's based off of. I think very purposefully. If you if you don't tell us what it's based off of, it's hard to know what it's based off of. In other words, you can't you can't really dispute it one way or another because you have no idea what he's talking about, and that gives the talking heads the ability to do what they did to us in this election, which is gaslight the American people. I mean, it, I, I I'm I'm so, so I ha I happen to know that CISA did some additional validation of voting stuff this year that they have not done in prior years. This so, year, this year. I, in, you know, leading up to the 2020 election um, that they had not done in prior elections. So I'm sure it's based on, on that. Now, was that adequate? Was it sufficient? Was it whatever? Like, I don't think it was a completely fake statement. Um, but the question, I mean, obviously it wasn't sufficient if it didn't find the stuff that my report found in Antrim County, you know? Obviously it was not detailed to not, you know, uncover that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but it should have been public what they did do and it should be out there. But I don't think it was just, just a random statement. I mean, the difficulty I think you get into in all of this is that you start waving, weaving such large of a conspiracy that for everyone to be involved in it, it becomes, it becomes unbelievable and difficult. And so the question is, you know, there's gotta be some people that are involved in it and some people are not involved in it if it's real. Um, and to say that the head of CISA was involved in it, which is basically what you implied, um, I don't, you know, I, I don't know if that's, I think he made a judgment. I don't think his judgment was right. Um, but if something happened, I don't have any reason to suspect that he was part of it. Yeah. Going to take a real quick break and, and remind everyone this podcast is sponsored by Air Med Care Network. Air Med Care Network, the premier insurance plan to cover you and your family should any of you ever need to be airlifted to a hospital for medical reasons. We don't get to choose how we go to the hospital, where or, or when a disaster strikes. And you'd be shocked to learn just how many people are airlifted from the suburbs or even the cities just because traffic is really bad. It's expensive. Different parts of the country can cost 40, 50, upwards of 60 grand in some cases to get airlifted to a hospital. But when you sign up with Air Make Care Network, you won't pay one penny for that flight as long as you're flown by an AMCM provider. It starts at just $85 a year. That covers your whole household. It's less if you're a senior citizen. It works out to be less per year if you buy three or five years at a time. So go to the link in our description, airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily. They're going to give you up to $50 back. If we can go to my screen real quick, we, we got off of this. I, I have one final question with the draft. So I, obviously this draft on, on the left, not the approved. Draft on the right, the approved. 
and obviously this is the volume one. This was four, but I brought these up because they have the similar um, kind of spreadsheets on them. Okay. What jumps out at me first is um, obviously there's some numbers are different, but you mentioned that you were massaging the numbers, going back, looking at, at, at critiques and, and removing things. So that makes sense. The question I have are right here on the left, these three uh, rows right here where they say high se severity. So whoever wrote this concluded that these were of significant severity and deserve to be added. Now, for whatever reason, um, it wasn't added to this side. No, those, those are on that side. The thing is that but the not, left is a composite. The left is a composite of both the ballot and of the voting machines. If you can scroll down mm -hmm. to the voting machine section, you'll find those listed with another table like that, where they're okay, in it. another table. Yeah. It, okay. Like, well, that one. Go ahead. If you go to section six, I believe it is, um, that should be the voting machine stuff, and you'll find another table just like that, but for the voting machine stuff. Okay. So, so this was all included. They just wanted to put this all front and center as opposed to spreading it out in the final version. We, we originally, like part of the original design of even the, the you know, the legitimate executive summary had that in there because a combined summary in it, but it just, it was too hard to keep it in sync with the other ones. And um, I, I thought it was cleaner to, to keep them separated on the other thing. So we removed that out of it. That was, that was a change I did is I removed that out. So, so, but you do believe that though, that those three things, election management system database purged, election files deleted and corrupt ballot images, you do believe that they are a high severity and that, that that's, the Arizona that's why I rated them should. as such. If you go to the right okay. on the, your other vote and then you go down to it, you'll find them rated go, as high. Go down to that. six, go yeah. down to six. Do we have six on this file? I don't have... Yeah. Six. Five is very long. <laughs> yes, it is. So we're looking right now for six. You're in okay, six. you're past. So go to the beginning Five of that, you'll six. see another table. Higher. Yeah, they were so a little trigger happy with that redaction. Have, so we don't have dead air. Yeah, there's a lot of redactions. Is that just people that with it? their passwords? I, I, I'm not sure exactly why. All that stuff was redacted. I can't tell you. I'm sorry. So right here, th this part right here. So you're talking about this one. So the, scroll the, scroll the down a little bit one. farther. So there's a summary. There's the table. Okay. So there. So so there. So whoever made this just wanted to take that and put it top of mind, front front and center. Yeah. In the version that that I wrote, which you know it was in there, and so the part of the person of my team that that wrote that executive summary and sent it to me saying, hey, you should use this one instead. And I never looked at it until after we had submitted things and that that leaked out, they kept that. That was not something they had done. That was something I originally had in one of our drafts. Okay, well, that was that was my last question from the draft. Do you have any other questions from the draft, Joe? Because we yeah, why, glossed over why, a little bit. Why the, reject, why, the, why the redactions? Tell me about why these particular pieces were redacted. Can I get an unredacted well, copy? <laughs> So uh, the, I, I know why the, the passwords were redacted, because obviously we don't want passwords. the passwords of the systems yeah. being out there, um, even though we already had most of the passwords start out in the first place. Um, I'm not sure why all the pictures about the file pass were chosen to be redacted. Um, that does not make sense to me. I think um, they were just being overly cautious, um, and I don't know exactly. I wish I could tell you. Yes, yeah, so this one says Trump ballot image created and deleted on 1 November 2020. And that one's redacted too. 
yeah, most of the stuff in this and the stuff that came from Cypher um, ended up being redacted. The lists of files that were deleted and other stuff like that. And I'm not sure exactly why. So, so Doug, the files were deleted. The images were corrupted. The election management system database was purged. That's a big word, purged. That's literally what purge database is the option you choose. So they purged the database and kept you from the routers. They ignored subpoenas. The chain of custody didn't exist. There was no tape on boxes. I mean, I would give people the benefit of the doubt on some of that. But collectively, how do you give people the benefit of the doubt on all of that? And I know that I know what you're going to say. I, I, maybe I know what you're going to say that, you know, we're talking about a constitutional crisis and that the level that you have to get to in order to definitively say decertify is here. Right. And we're not there yet. We're, we're here. We're just here. We got all this stuff here. We got to get there. We got to get the smoking gun. Knowing what you know about code and what I know about code, I could hide a Mack truck in code. You'd never even know it. But, but here, here's the thing. At the end of the day, the ballots that were delivered to us yep. when counted were very close to the official results. Mm-hmm. So if there was a manipulation on the voting machine, it would also require a changing of the paper. Like that's the only way those two, both things could, could coexist. So like, okay, so yes, they were, they, were, they were malicious and they messed with us and they tried to make our life difficult. They've done that across the board, even on stupid things that don't even really matter. How about kinematics? Does that prove something? What about kinematics? Well, did, we know about the report that Jovan put together. We know that some of the findings were incomplete so far, right? That he didn't have the, the chance to get it all done based on the timing, right? But did they stop him from doing uh, paper analysis on the paper, was there, was there someone that stepped in the middle and said, hey, you know, you have to take this four millimeter by four millimeter dot out of the paper to test the paper to make sure it's not fraudulent paper. Did they say you can't do that because it's destroying ballots? We decided from the very beginning not to use the, the thing that cut out the piece of paper because we would be accused of destroying ballots because we knew what type of scrutiny we were in. And I'm near confident that if we'd gone that route, they would have shut us down with when Mark Elias got to 70 attorneys, they would use that as instruction ballots because there's stuff on it. So no, we made the call not to do that in the beginning. And that was something I talked with Javon about initially. Okay. What about the um, analysis of the bleed through or the analysis of the um, markings that were made um, by machine and not made by people? Okay, so let's start with the first one. So we took a look at several thousand images from the bleed through standpoint and took a look on the EMS machine for those that were there to try to determine um, how it interpreted it. Based on our analysis, uh, the software evaluates the oval and it does not look at anything outside of that oval. And therefore, we could not find any correlation between that and higher adjudication rates or with changing of votes. Um, So that is reflected in our report. Um, our, our report does talk about bleed through. Our, our report talks about paper. Our pa- report talks about out of calibration. And based on our analysis, we could not find a circumstance where that actually resulted in a changed vote. It's not impossible. We didn't look at all 2.1 million ballots. We didn't have all 2.1 million ballots. Um, but from what we were able to see and what we were able to look at, we did not see that. 
Okay, so what about the images of the paper where um, um, we, we saw it? I mean, it, we, we had uh, Jovan on, and he showed pictures of ballots where it was the same, right? The same markings, but they would change one element of it or change the fill percentage of the ballot, but they were generated by computers, not by person. How do we explain that? I'm not sure exactly what you're referencing. Um, I can tell you that in the case of duplicate ballots where the, where um, you have originals that are damaged that can't run through the voting machines, mm -hmm. or in the case where they're Yukava ballots that can't run through the voting machines they, and they duplicate them, those are computer filled. Like they're, they're, they're printed out and they're supposed to reflect the exact original ballot so that then you can run those through the machine. So there is a reason for legitimate computer filled ballots to be in there. Without knowing the context of exactly what you're talking about with Jovan, I don't, I don't know if that's what I'm referencing. Um, I'm, I'm not really sure offhand what, what you're referencing. Do you have the example you want to bring up? Yeah, I'm trying to find it right now so I could bring it up. Max, do you do you remember what I'm talking about, those images? I, I, I don't have them. I think that Greg has them. While they're pulling it up. The ones from Jovan? Doug, yeah. Yeah, Doug, obviously they put up the they, they pumped the brakes and tried to block you from accessing a lot of things. You said some of that was just malicious to be malicious, which probably was the case. Was there anything that so obviously you have you haven't com completely bought into the the idea of fraud you said you need more investigation was there anything you were looking for in these different requests for things that they are withholding that would have if it was there would have led you down the path of wanting to decertify like if they had given you the routers is there anything that could have been on the router that would have led you closer to decertification if or, or any of the other things that they re refused to hand over um, so if, if the router, if they, if they gave us the router data, specifically the Splunk logs, and there was some clear indication of remote connections into these machines, and that could be lined up with certain actions on the machines, and we we're able to trace that further, which because with the more data that you have, the easier it is to look at things. Otherwise, you've got too much data to look at. Yeah, it, we might have seen some indications of manipulating stuff, and we might have been able to do something that would have been potentially significant. Um, what else? Um, we asked questions about what paper types were used to try to get definitive answers from them. Um, that would have made the analysis that the kinematic artifact detection work that was being done, that would have made it even clearer to tell, do these papers match up with what is expected? Um, but we did not get clear information on that. Um, we were trying to find information about the return ballots and return ballot handling and details associated with that. I, I'm not sure if we ever officially put a request in that because at that point we kind of knew they weren't answering anything we were asking for. And even FOIAs and other stuff, and their final associated with the with the audit. Suddenly, we have large delays. You know, when we had individuals who were associated with the audit who did FOIAs. So it's it's hard to say whether whether we even submitted that one or not. But that's you know that's significant. You know, what went out on the mail and what went back in the mail is significant. Um, it would be how allow us to determine things. And of course, the canvassing we talked about. You know, if and that wasn't a Maricopa County decision. That was that was uh, a Senate decision. So the individual that was reportedly caught on camera accessing the computer at the same time that logs were deleted. So we've been told that that person's identity is going to be remained a, kept a secret. They've been referred to, prose, to prosecutors to look into it. Your professional opinion, is there any legitimate reason for that to be happening? For them to delete files yeah. off the system? Yeah. 
I can't think of any good reason to. I can't. I mean, but I, I, I want to, I know you guys are going to hate this, but I'm going to caveat that because there's a lot of things I couldn't think of a possible reason as to why. And then we found a possible reason why when we drilled into it. You know, so until, yeah, well, you know, until it, there's an investigation. It reminds me of Antrim. Antrim said that, Antrim, the audit, found that the 2020 results had been deleted, but you could still find the results from previous years. So obviously it wasn't a space issue. They weren't like, oh, the hard drive's getting full. We got to delete 2020, but we're going to leave all the other ones. Were there previous elections data on the machines for, for Maricopa? Yes. So that takes right out of the, that takes the space thing right out of there. That, that takes the need to archive it right out of there because they were perfectly content with leaving past elections on oh. the machines. Right? They're absolutely playing. They're absolutely playing with words across the board because the archiving is something different than the deletion. So, Dominion software has a way to create a full backup of the database and everything. It's, it's called to create a package file. It literally grabs all the images, grabs everything, doesn't export associated with it. Um, as I recall, they did that November sixteenth, and they ran that. But that's completely separate of the purging of the database that happened. I believe it was February first, where the database was cleared. Um, they said that it was being done in preparation for the audit. I can't imagine any reason why you'd need to do that in preparation of an audit. Not to mention those audits were supposed to audit the 2020 election. They didn't have any data to audit. Yeah. So how did they do so? Like, <laughs> So there's a, there's a concept in law known as spoliation of evidence. And it's the idea okay. that when someone is under subpoena or someone knows that they are actively being investigated and they destroy evidence, it is reasonable to conclude that they did it to cover up a crime. Innocent people who have been subpoenaed and who know that they are under investigation don't just innocently destroy evidence. So in law, if you are subpoenaed by, a, if, by some other um, body for a civil lawsuit and you destroy all your records, the judge is going to look at that and presume your guilt. And they're probably going to rule on behalf of whoever's suing you. So I, I get it that you, that you want to do the caveats, but from a legal perspective... Well if someone from is a legal subpoena, perspective and they destroy the first why. data but doesn't but the, the the why goes out the window when you are under subpoena and you destroy evidence the whole purpose of the spoliation of evidence concept is so you don't get to bicker on the why anyone who destroys evidence when they're under subpoena it is reasonable to conclude that they did it to hide something and most likely to hide guilt D doug doug i i know i know i know from talking to you that you honor everyone you do. You, 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 you want to give people the benefit of the doubt because your spirit is, is that you, you, it's hard to give people the benefit of the doubt when there's so much benefit of the doubt that you have to give. It's like you have to fill a bucket full of benefit of the doubt. And over here is just sensibility. Sensibilities over here, benefit of the doubts over here. Sensibilities being shot like a rocket into outer space while benefit of the doubt is drowning the American people. <laughs> But you give them a chance to give an explanation when the explanation doesn't make sense. Like is the case of 90% okay. of the explanations that are out, you know, Maricopa is given right now. 90% of them don't make any sense. Like then you go, okay, it doesn't make sense. Obviously there's something there, but you got to get an answer first. You can't just say what it is until there's an answer. But what I'm telling you is that if this was a different circumstance, if, if the Maricopa Board of Supervisors, they were a Wall Street firm and they were being prosecuted for, for fraud and and they knew it they their attorneys got the notification and right as the fbi or the sec is walking in the building there's a guy at the computer pushing the delete button if that was to happen they wouldn't do the argument over the whys 
it would be legal to presume that they did it to con conceal their own guilt. So I'm sure I that's what the attorney general is looking yeah. at. Well, the, well uh, but, uh, hold on a second. So now I need to tell you something else, Doug. In 2007, I got in a huge fight, huge fight, huge fight with the, with the uh, Department of Revenue. Huge fight. I knew they were corrupt. So you know what I did? I recorded them. I recorded them. And then I had my friends record them. And then you know what they did when they got caught? When I had them dead to rights. You know what they did? Not knowing about the recording, what do you think they did? Deleted the data. They lied. They deleted everything. And they lied. They lied and they doubled down on the lie. Then they tripled down on the lie and they quadrupled down on the lie. And they lied and they lied and they lied. And I was seeing evil just everywhere. And they're like, we're going to come after you. And I was like, bring it. I knew what I had. But I wanted to wait till they were so close to me that no matter what happened, that they were not going to survive it. And it was hard for me. It was hard because I, I'm from the south side of heaven. You know what I want to do to people? I want to tear their face <laughs> off. I am. I pray, I pray to God every day to give me the strength and the patience because, frankly, I'm a warrior. I get out there and I fight every day. And, and, and I know you haven't had death threats. I've had more death threats than I could put on a large legal pad. I've had more attacks on my wife, my kids, my, my business associates. I've had people come to my house with guns. These are people coming after me for telling the truth. So I have had all of that. And back in 2007, I saw the innate evil up front and personal. And I waited until they were an inch from my face with the lies and then I literally, in the middle of a hearing, I played, I played the video. Or play, yeah, I played the, the, the conversation. And all you could hear is, objection! <laughs> objection! I'm like, what are you objecting to? You didn't disclose it. Nope. No, I didn't disclose it. It took that. I took it all the way down to the, to the very end. It took that. And at that point, they were all fired. People were told they could never work in government again. And you know what? The, you know, do you know who was just hesitant to do anything about it? The AG. Yeah, they were hesitant to do anything about it. You know what they did about it to them? You know what criminal charges should have been posted against them, which, which, what they did? Nothing. Nothing to see here. Well, shh. We'll just settle with you, Joe. We'll settle with you. That's my problem, Doug. Is that when I rely, when I rely on the individual, when I rely on someone like the AG who has aspirations to go further and be in the Senate and do all these things that they want to do, the only thing that is left is for us to stand up and give them courage. Courage is more infectious than fear. And so as I look at all of this, I, I, I know you to be a very sensible person, but a very honoring person. Because you picked up the phone and called me, and you didn't have to. You could have said, well, forget it. I'm not talking to Oltman. Why would I talk to him? I'm not talking to him. You think what you want, but you didn't do that. You wanted to reconcile it, which, which by the way, just healed me in a, in a big way. Made me probably look at things differently, go straight to the source. But I look at everything that you wrote in your report. I look at everything that we talked about for an hour and a half. And man, I come to the same conclusion. And I'm a sensible person. I want there to not be fraud because I want to believe that there's good people. 
But I can't conclude that based on the information that you put in front of us. I can't. I can't conclude it. Now, getting to the part where you decertify it, you won't say decertify. I look at it and go, you deleted logs. You took away information. You didn't give us access to this. I look at it holistically. I look at crimes that were committed, felonies that were committed against the American people. And I go, how do we not, how do we not audit every place in this country? How do we not get to a place where we get rid of these voting machines? How do we leave them in a position of trust and authority? How do we trust our elected leaders when they so flippantly say, let's just move on from it? Because it lacks courage. It lacks the ability to give our communities hope. And at the same time that we're dealing with this election, Doug, we're also dealing with critical race theory, gender fluidity, the recruiting and grooming of our children to be gay or transsexual or whatever. We're, we're, we're looking at a separation from your 12 children from you, that the state said, hey, I'm, great. I'm grateful, Doug, that you're an incubator for your children. I'm great. You did that for us. They're ours now. You have, you, you have no ability, and I think you homeschool your children, right? Correct. You homeschool? Yeah. So you recognize this. We look at our southern border and that nine-year-old child that was raped in the middle of the street while people watched by an illegal immigrant that came across the border. We look at sex trafficking of women and children. We look at what's happening in, in inner cities. We look at the, 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 the nonsense happening in Chicago, the breakdown of the fundamental value of our judiciary. And I look at all of that and I want to give people the benefit of the doubt, but I can't. I can't. Your report to me is conclusive. Based on that information, regardless of what the votes are or not, it's not a safe election. The system is compromised. It does not have the ability to protect the vote of the American people. And the lack of transparency leads me back to a path where I have to say that you can't certify the election. Decertify, certify, I'll look at both. I got to talk to you about other things that happened to you. I'm not going to bring them up. If you don't bring them up, I'm not going to bring them up. The weight of the world is on your shoulders right now. And I think it, that you're, you're, you're taking a very patient approach is great. But your report is conclusive to me. I think it's conclusive to a lot of people. And a lot of people are still standing up behind you saying they, they're just waiting for that, that, I guess, that silver bullet, the last thing, the, the last piece of evidence that tips that scale from benefit of the doubt back to sensibility of this, is a, this, this, is a, this can't be the system that, at least that, this cannot be the system that we use to secure the voice of the American people. Uh, I mean, I, I think some of your comments there kind of take me full circle to where we started here. You know, you, you don't trust the AG. You don't trust the politicians. You don't trust all this stuff. And at the end of the day, our trust needs to be in the Lord and our trust needs to be in God. And that is the only hope for our country is repentance, turning away from the sins that are wrong, and trusting God. And I know that you and I approach this a little bit differently, and that how, where we're able to, you know, where we're willing to say, what we're willing to say, and where we're willing to put conclusions at. But at the end of the day, it comes down to, is God in control, or is God not in control? Does, so does, does, God, does, does God need me personally to be the one to fight for the XYZ to accomplish his will? Or will he find a way to accomplish his will if I am not obedient to what he asks of me? And these are these are pretty deep theological questions. Um, I, I'm confident that God has a plan. I'm confident that God's not done with our country. And I think you would say the same thing. I think that how active he's been in everything that's going on here is proof that he's doing something right now. 
But one thing I've learned about the way the Lord works is that he works on his own timetable. And it's never when I think things should happen. It's never quick enough. It's never fast enough. It's never, you know, the way I expect it to have happened. But he's always faithful and he always comes through. And so I've learned to step back. I've learned to wait. And I've learned to trust in him. I don't trust the AG. I don't trust the AG in in Arizona to do what's right. I don't trust, you know, (laughs) the Arizona Senate to do, do what's right, even though there's members of the Arizona Senate that I've come to adore. And I, you know, like from a human standpoint, I trust them. But at the end of the day, my trust is in the Lord and what he's doing. And the question is, Am I doing the next thing that I'm supposed to do tomorrow? Um, and I, that's the same question for everybody. If everybody stopped with their own agendas, stopped with their own goals, humbled themselves, got on their knees and said, Lord, what do you want me to do tomorrow? We would save our nation. Okay, so I, I, I want to I tell you that I would do that. I do that every day. I pray to God every day. I go to sleep at night praying to God. I stand in the gap. I fight, and then I get the thing that I got last night about the Pfizer vaccine where a scientist says they blacked out the windows and they're adding aborted baby fetuses to the vaccine and then lying to the American people. I look at the innate evil that we have, and it takes me back to James 2, 14. You know what I'm talking about? Not sure if I know that one by reference. What does it profit, my brother, and if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. And I work every day, Doug, and I stand up and I am bold because, frankly, I, I want to turn the other cheek. I don't ever want to fight. I've never picked a fight. I've never picked a fight. I've never walked away from a fight, right? Never. And, and I think everyone knows that about I, me. I mean, we don't disagree on any of that. I mean, obviously, if I thought that I just sat at home and prayed, why would I ever put myself up front to run the most controversial yeah. audit ever done? But I mean, we have, to be, we have to be obedient to what God's called us to do. But we also have to trust the things that are outside of our control. He's going to take care of. And he's let going me ask to, you, he's going to do something. Let me, let me ask you about the audit. I, and, and this isn't a loaded question. I'm not trying to insult your body of work, but are you, are you, are you proud of, of the audit? Because we, we've heard here that you got blocked, um, that you weren't able to do certain things that you wanted to access some things. They wouldn't let you want to ask other things. You didn't have time to, to put in the requests. Are you proud of it? Is this your magnum opus? I hope I have an even better magnum opus when all is said and done. But yes, I'm proud of the work that we did. Every single day was a battle. Every single day of that was a battle. I worked six days a week, 14 hours a day through that entire five months to make this be a success. Um, and I'm, I'm proud of what we did. I think we did something that was accountable. I did think we did something that was beyond reproach. I think we did something to a magnitude that no one had done before. Um, and I think we did a very good job. Uh, do I wish there was a few more things we could get done? Absolutely. There's a few more things I wish that we'd been able to accomplish in it. Uh, but I'm very proud of the work that we did. Um, and it, I think 
it, it drives me bonkers to, to hear all the attacks on the left of uh, like he was so biased that, you know, he just manipulated the results of the latest thing is that I have a few individuals coming after me saying, telling me that I, I manipulated the results to make Biden win by a little bit more. So no one asks questions. Yeah. And well, the like, left says that you, you manipulated <laughs> that you were all in the tank for Republicans. And I'm going through the comments section here and like, oh, he didn't he didn't do enough. So you're getting it from the left. You're getting it from conservatives. I am. Um, so, yeah. Well, would you do it again if another state called you and said, hey, we want to audit? Would you do it again knowing all of the slings and arrows you had to go through the first time? If in prayer the Lord told me to do it, I would do it again. Otherwise, no, I would not be inclined to. And quite frankly, it's not because of the left. It's because of the right. It's because the attacks of the, the many messages I've gotten, like the one that Joe sent me. Uh, and other stuff like that. I think that I did not do enough, that I did not put enough on the line. I, well, that mine I, you know, mine that, was about the draft. Mine was about it being a fake draft. I was upset I, about that because I, I questioned my integrity, right? And and frankly, I, you didn't even know that I'm the one that released it. And by the way, Doug, I did it for you. I did it because people came to me and said, Doug is under constant attack. They're Dox's family. Look, I would have flown to wherever with an AR-15 stood in front of your house and popped the first person that walked through the, that came to your front door. I would have done that for you, right? So when I put out that when I put out that draft, I put out that draft to protect you because I believe what they do to one of us, they do to all of us. And I would gladly lay down my life for another American every day of the week, twice on Sunday. I, I'm in this for no. I could have sat on the beaches with a mai tai. And instead, I'm going to trade in my suit for work boots. And frankly, they're going to try and take everything from me. And I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. I'm absolutely okay with it. Because I know that God's put me on the path, asked me to do it, asked me to stay strong. And for such a time as this has put me in that, has put me in the fight. So I was just calling you out for that. All the other stuff related to the elect, what you did do, didn't do, I was just praying for you from a distance. I, stay, I tried to stay out of the fray. I'm working on other things in Mesa and, and other places where I can actively get involved and in, first of all, getting people to work together because you know how hard that is. <laughs> That's right? 90% of what I had to do. And <laughs> trying to get all these people. people who are on the same side from not fighting with each other. And, and then the, the, yeah. the, the, the second part of it is, is that, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard bad advice from people. So I just decided that I didn't want to be one of the parrots. I didn't want to be one of the people that walks in. And look, I've given advice to kings, presidents, and prime ministers. I've done a lot all over the world. I've never even bragged. I've never bragged about it. I also had a pet cheetah. <laughs> true story. I had a pet cheetah. But I've never, I've never come out, asked for any sort of anything. Like I've never, I, I, I don't particularly like being in the limelight. I don't like that I can't go to the grocery store without somebody saying, hey, Joe, thank you. Or, hey, Joe, giving me the finger. Now, the people that give me the finger don't give me the finger because I'm 6'2", I weigh 230 pounds, and frankly, I will knock somebody's teeth in. And, and, and I will pray for them after they pick up their teeth. I'm that guy, right? Because I don't do things for the wrong reasons. I'm not a hateful person, right? But I'm sick and tired of evil permeating our society and destroying our children. I'm sick of it. But So I've never attacked you. I know you're under attack. I know you're under attack. I know it. I get it. But you're... I, I believe that you're called to lead. I believe that you're called to step out front. And, and frankly, the, 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 I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know the discussions you're having with God. But I, but I look at the things that you've gone through, and I say, take a step back. Look at the forest through the trees a little bit. Look and see what you're seeing. And the conclusions that I come to by doing that, by being on the outside, having nothing to do with any other than facts, 
is that I, I just want to, I, I guess I want to just pull it out of you. I want to pull out maybe that opinion that you're, you don't want to say that I can feel in, in everything that you say. It's like sniffing the edges, right? There's a volcano. We're looking down up. Oh, it might be a volcano. Well, wait, I don't know if it's a volcano. It doesn't really, you know what? That's a big hole. It might be just a big hole. You know what? I think I can see the bottom. Oh, look, is that red? Oh, it might be lava. I want to stop sniffing the edges and get around to the, 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 the meat of it, right? The definitive meat of it that still honors people, but says, listen, we're already in a constitutional crisis. We're in it. We're not headed into it. We're in it. They're talking about succession, dividing the country, giving the loony left their own part of the world, getting some of the hateful people that are on the right, because there are hateful people on the right that I think lack business maturity, giving them the other side. Hopefully they don't end up rising up and turning into the very thing that we are say we're fighting against. But getting to that place where we can just say what, what needs to be said, that they hid information from us. They were unethical. They hid information from us. They, they didn't lawfully support subpoenas. They, they purged records. They just admitted that. They just admitted it on Capitol Hill, that they, that they knew the subpoena was covered it. They deleted it anyway. And Jack Sellers on Maricopa, on, I guess he's on the Board of Supervisors, he perpetuated <laughs> the lie that we just debunked which was that perhaps they had to delete this because they ran out of space. Good. So well, maybe it, my it, questions made it to yeah. Biggs. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so say the, it the, though, the fact Doug. that you saw previous elections still on the hard drives debunks the claim that they had to delete 2020 because they're out of space, but they're still perpetuating the falsehoods. Just wanted to let everyone know what's, what's it's still going on. They're still lying. <laughs> well, that's, Doug, that's we, we, we've had you for, We've had you for two hours, and I appreciate it. Um, obviously, no one's ever going to be happy with the with the audit. Conservatives aren't going to be happy. Democrats certainly aren't happy that it even happened. What would your closing argument be, briefly before before we close? What would your closing argument for decertification be to both sides for decertification? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get to it, Doug. What would your closing argument be yeah, yeah. for decertification? Decertify. Multiple choice, decertify or decertify. Um, what would your closing <laughs> argument be um, for everyone who, who is, is still unhappy, w w regardless of what part of the political spectrum they fall on? I mean, there's two pieces of that. Let, let's pray for the AG. Let's pray that he has the courage to do what's right. Let's what's pray right? that the right, he has the right people around him to fully investigate, to get to the bottom of exactly everything that we've outlined, to not shrink back and take easy wins, you know, to, to sit there and to go after the core of what's going on and to dive in until there's full answers there. Because there's a lot that an investigative branch like the AG can do that as an audit we never could do. Like we don't have the same authority. I know everyone wanted us to be the conclusive and the final and the everything, but we don't have the authority of the FBI. We don't have the authority of the police department. We don't have the authority of the AG. So there's only so far we can take it. There was always a point we had to hand it off. Now, I wanted that point to be a little bit farther, but there was always a point we had to hand it off. And so pray for the AG, pray for his courage, pray for him to do it right. Send him letters, send him emails and encourage him to do what's right. Be that positive pressure that we need to be out there. Because I can tell you right now, he's getting all the negative pressure. You may not know this, but Maricopa County Board of Supervisors started some TV ads um, they're anti-audit. Now, why do they start anti-audit after the audit's over? It's to put pressure on the AG to not do what's right. Okay? Yeah. So we need to be that positive pressure on them. And we need to pray. 
We need to pray like we've never prayed before. Like, Joe, I know that you're praying. I know that you're on your knees. But I guarantee you, out of the audience that we have listening to us right now, there's some people that are casual. Yeah, there's some people that are casual prayers. They may have talked to God once. They're not dealing with, like they're not talking with God. They don't necessarily even have a relationship with God. Our country is saved in the place of prayer. Now, that doesn't mean there isn't a place of action afterwards. There's actions that have to be required as part of prayer. But our country is saved by that, by us repenting, by us turning away from our things that are wrong. Um, And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you feel like you keep messing stuff up every single day and there's nothing you can do about it, the Bible's very, very clear that if you don't have control over your behavior, then you are a slave to sin. If you're a slave to sin, then you have not yielded your life to Christ. So if you feel like you keep doing things wrong and there's nothing you can do about it, then you need to come to Jesus. You need to come to him and you need to say, Lord, I know that I've messed stuff up. I know that you are perfect, that you are holy, and that you are true. And I've messed stuff up and I don't deserve anything from you. But Lord, I want you to forgive me. I want to turn away from my wicked ways. I want to do what's right and I want to follow you the rest of my days. And if you're willing to do that, he will save you from your sins. And in saving you from your sins, you will now have clarity. You will no longer be a slave to sin. He will hear your prayers. He will listen to you. And that is how we save our country. It's through revival. It's through doing what's right. It's through not compromising with doing, saying things that are believable, but saying things that are true and being willing to drill into them to know what is actually true, which means going to the source, always going to the source. Um, sorry, that was a little bit of a tirade. No. <laughs> One last question, Doug. One last question, Doug. Has the Attorney General reached out to you yet? The Attorney General um, is not directly reached out to me. Um, I had conversations yesterday about getting some data to them, and we're in the process of setting that up. Um, If I haven't heard of them, like haven't had direct communications in the week, I'd be concerned about it. So I don't want to set alarms that I haven't had direct communications with them. I do know that our data has been passed over. Yeah, I do know that data has been passed over them via the Senate. They've gotten full unredacted reports um, from various different sources. Um, there was more than just our report that happened. There's actually several reports that were done in private um, that passed over to AG as well. Um, and I know that that's in their hands, um, but I have not personally had a conversation with them yet. So, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue to pray for you for decertification. <laughs> <laughs> When I say it, you know it's solid, okay? I know it's solid now. <laughs> I'm, just I'm just waiting for you to say it. Yeah, so I, I'm going to send you a bunch of information, too, on the math and science and the other stuff, and so maybe that'll pull it all together for you, um, as well as maybe some information that I haven't shared about Dominion yet that should be really interesting for you, not to bias you at all, but to show you that when we asked, when we went to the source, when they went to the source and asked, Polis, the CEO of Dominion, when they went to the source and asked him point blank, are questions about Dominion, get to the source, he lied. He lied. And you know he lied because you just told me he lied. You just told me that he didn't misspeak. He lied. And he's been the CEO for that company for quite some time, so it's not like he just figured it out. He lied. So every time we turn around, we've run into the same problem with the radical left, and that is that they lie. Lie, 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 lie. And so I'm going to send some more information to you. I, you know, I'll be, again, as you start stepping out and getting more information, because I know you're not done. Even though the audit part is done, I know you're still collecting more information. You're still doing more things right now, correct? You're also a material correct. witness. 
Yeah, you are a material I, if, witness. If this, if this no, if this goes forward, they're going to call you to testify. When, so when you can't put it in the rear view mirror. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't put. You can't completely put it in the rear view mirror. <laughs> I'm not trying to put it in the rear view mirror. <laughs> Yeah, we, we will. This this has to be front and center. And people keep saying now that the new the new strategy is let's put this election behind us, that we can never put that election behind us. We can never put what they're doing right now behind us. We can never accept or compromise. There is no compromise when you steal the voice of the American people. There is no compromise when you allow pedophilia and recruitment and grooming of our children in public schools. And we cannot look at it and say, well, my kids are protected. I did well with my kids because their children are our children. Their children in our neighborhood and in our community deserve not to be molested, not to be groomed, not to be uh, uh, treated poor. They, they deserve it, right? And so I think that we have to start standing up together and we have to start recognizing the things that are happening at the election is the final focus. The election is the focus. The, the, the having, getting rid of these voting machines, in my opinion, is the only thing that we can do in order to restore public confidence. And so your, your report goes a long way in doing that. I, I pray that the AG does the right thing. I do not have a lot of confidence in the AG doing, doing the right thing because, frankly, they haven't done the right thing for a long time, which is why we're in the place we're in now. They lack courage. They lack constitution. They lack integrity. And so I'm hoping that he's one of the, the, the few that doesn't. But the backlash from the American people, up at, if, if he doesn't do the right thing, is going to be a snowball that I'm not sure um, rolling down that mountain will not will, will not turn into something that none of us want, and that is some sort of kinetic behavior by Americans to stand up and say, yeah. "Enough is enough," and drag them out and tar and feather them. And frankly, maybe the first person to get tar and feathered will stop it. But as you go back in biblical times, that was something they did way back in the day. <laughs> is 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 it took is basically said, "All right, well, the judiciary is broken and compromised. Legislative branch is compromised." The uh, uh, executive branch is compromised. They're all compromised. So, all right, we've had enough. So I pray it doesn't come to that. I pray it doesn't come to that. But that is going to, the, the only thing that stops that is people like you and others standing with courage and saying the quiet part out loud. So I'll be praying for you, Doug. God bless you. Huh? Thanks. No, the quiet part out loud is decertify. Decertify. <laughs> decertify. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Doug, if you hear that little whisper in your ear, yeah. it's not me, it's God, but I might be there. Decertify. Yeah. Decertify. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us, Doug. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Well, th thank you so much for joining us, Doug. Really appreciate it. We kept you for a long time, but it was an interesting conversation. Thank you for the work you've done and the work you'll continue to do because it, when this goes forward, you will be there testifying. So best of luck with that. Thanks. Thanks, brother. I appreciate you very much. Appreciate you. So, uh, you know, we got through half of what I wanted to, to discuss. We got through half of, of the, the mounts of information that, that I got to speak to him about for an hour and a half. I didn't feel like I had the authority to lead him down that path. I wanted to hear what he had to say, and I wanted him to be led to have the conversation. And there's, there's massive amounts of frustration in the comment section. And uh, look, I, I am going to tell you something. I'm going to tell everyone that's listening, okay? If you think standing up the way I stand up is easy. It is not. I mean, it's easy to do it online. It's easy to say the things that you say. But what's, what's difficult is getting in your car every day and having to look underneath your car, is putting in cameras in your house and bulletproof glass and make sure that your yeah. family is safe. That's difficult. What's difficult is 
is every person that approaches you from an opposite direction or behind you having to have your head on a swivel, difficult. And then doing so willingly and saying, I don't care. I'm living this life. This is my life. I accept it and embrace it. This is God's path. I'm going to stay on that path. So I didn't suspect that we'd get Doug to walk down a path where he's like, I'm willing to be the warrior, step out that way. And I'm not saying he's not a warrior. I'm not yeah. saying he is a warrior. I'm saying he's God's warrior right now, and he is honoring God. Does he have the same constitution that I have? No. No. But at the same time, there are some things to take from Doug that I think we need to listen to. One is be patient. Two, stay diligent, get on your knees. If you get on your knees, you know, I do believe that, that James, um, excuse me, James 2, uh, 14 through 17, what it says, very clearly what it says, is that you have to act. I think part of the works part is getting on your knees, is praying, is praying. And it's praying for patience because I pay for it every day. It's praying not to become the very thing that we're fighting against. It's to stay diligent and focused. Focused. I mean, if you guys didn't see, I had a picture that I put up with my dogs. Where I told them to sit, stay, put a bone in front of them. And after I put that bone in front of them, I made them sit there for a minute and stare at the bone. They couldn't touch the bone, stare at it. And then I said, okay. And they got up and grabbed the bone. I should take that video. That's the discipline well, we have, have to have. That's the focus. You have the video when, the, when Miko was a baby and I would get them to run towards me instead. Uh, yeah, no, you're, <laughs> it's, that is fake news. That is not true news. <laughs> Guys, I'll tell listen. You, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Max. Go I, ahead. I was, I was, I was, there were parts of it that I was frustrated with. And it's not, it's not Doug's fault, but when he mentions that things weren't added to the report because he fell asleep the night before, right? Night before it was due and he, and he, and he almost missed the deadline. That frustrated me when he said that they, sh they should have put something in, but they didn't even put the request in because they assumed that they wouldn't honor it. Well, that lawsuit ultimately was settled and the auditors got everything they had wanted, everything they had already put in a demand for. So that last bit with the different technical stuff wasn't part of that settlement because they didn't put it in the request because they assumed they wouldn't do it. So there were a, lo a lot of bits of it that frustrated me. Um, and obviously no one's perfect. We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to do things differently. Um, I'm, I'm just very frustrated because it seems like we are operating from a different burden of proof than he is. He is very um, tech focused. He's very um, specific. He's looking for yes, no. It's all ones yeah. and zeros, so, right? So is Max, or isn't. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure you, I'm not sure you're characterizing what, what uh, Doug said correctly. Okay. So I want to be really careful, right? It, it wasn't a, you know, him falling asleep was not the, it, 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 the information, um, it, I, don't, I don't think that that's a, a full characterization of what Doug said. I think it's not, it, not, it's not yeah. full characterization. I'm just, there, there were little bits of it that, that obviously, and it seemed to frustrate him too. He was frustrated over it too. Um, I just noticed that we are both, we, me and you and him, are operating from different standards of evidence, different thresholds that have to be met to reach a decertification decision. He is ones and zeros, yes, no, true, false, right? Very technical auditor, the way you want a, a technical auditor to work. Whereas we're looking at it from, well, if you don't know, then you don't know and you can't certify because the act of certification is saying, yes, I know these results are accurate. And if you can't say that with a straight face, then it never should have been certified and it should be decertified. So we're obviously, we're working through a different, um, a different lens, evidentiary lens 
which was frustrating at times. But listen, he's he's doing the best he can he can, and obviously understand he can't take certain positions because he still needs to work. So he, he his goal is is his job is to audit different communications equipment, computers, and stuff. So he can't be a politician, which makes sense. But you want to well, wrap it up, Joe, before we end? Yeah. So. Look, we're going to have tomorrow, we're going to have a roundtable. It's going to be a very irreverent roundtable. We're going to discuss what we talked about with Doug today. So I will have uh, people that uh, will be on the show that maybe will be sharper on the tongue on Doug. I certainly am not going to be one of those people that is sharper on the tongue on Doug. I'm just not. I'm not going to do it. I I know what it feels like to be um, in the fray. I know what it feels like to be called out by the radical left and have them lie about you. I know what it feels like to have to stand up. So, look, I'm going to keep I'm going to keep encouraging Doug to get closer to that place where he talks about what all of that means to him, right? To the where it's definitive. I'm I'm going to provide him information. I'm going to I'm going to counsel him. It's not easy. It is not easy. It is not easy. It is not easy standing up. It's easy to say, "Hey, stand up" when you're not the one standing on the hill getting shot at. So, mm-hmm. People like Mitch McConnell, we can take picture, We can take shots at him. You know why? Because he's been standing on the hill for a long time acting like a coward. But Doug stepped into this fight willingly. And, and, and frankly, he, he had five months to do a, a lion's amount of work to uncover and have to fight against the resistance on both sides. It wasn't just Republicans or Democrats. It was Republicans, too. And, and one thing he didn't say that I will say is he was threatened by Republicans and by Democrats. Both sides were threatening him. Imagine sitting in the middle. <laughs> like, all right, who is my friend here? Yeah. So it, it uh, I, I don't know. And, and look, I'm not wishy-washy at all. You can call me a lot of things. Don't ever call me wishy-washy. I'll call you out on the carpet. And, I'm, and again, I, I love on people. I, do a, I, I love people, period. But I, I'm not one to mix, mince words. And maybe that's to my detriment sometimes. But I think that uh, I'm going to give I'm going to give Doug some some leeway, and I think that frankly, we're going to have an irreverent conversation tomorrow. Probably bring Jovan on, um, uh, Ann Vandersteel from Steel Truth. Probably bring on uh, Mr. Producer. Who else are we going to bring on tomorrow? Jovan, uh, Matt DePerno. Still confirming. Yeah, we'll bring on Matt DePerno. Is Matt good? I think Matt will be good. Yeah. Okay, I'll call. Yeah. I think it'll Listen, be what's, what's clear is he had months to do it. He did the best job he could. I asked him no, no strings attached, not like a dig at him. Was he proud of it? He said he was proud of it. So, I mean, that's all you can really ask of someone doing the best work that they think they can do. Obviously he said that he wishes they could do more. What's very obvious though, is what they did in what four or five months, however many months would have been impossible to do between election day and certification day. And that is a glaring problem. It is a race against the clock. The people who steal elections, they have a deadline where if they can stall you until that magic yeah. certification day, they can get away with it. That It can't be like that anymore. We need to move back to the old way of doing things. You have an election, and then you, ha- and then you have the inauguration, not in January, maybe February or March, because if you don't give enough time for these things actually to be adjudicated and audited, then you seriously run the risk of the wrong person being confirmed. Right. And uh, you, you can't do that. You can't do that. I agree. Well, that's going to be it for this edition of the 
morning podcast. We are going to go live tonight, so we got to get to work on what that podcast is going to be about. But we will be live tonight. Everyone just watching us for the first time, we go live at 11 a.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you, you subscribe if you're watching us on Rumble. Subscribe to our channel. Also, if you text the word FREEDOM to 89517, you'll get added to our text alert system. You'll get a bunch of links when we go live. There's also a link in the description to, to sign up for our email newsletter. I'm going to go ahead and put that in the comment section on Rumble as well do that that's how we get our fax blast uh, emails out that's also how we get different alerts out as well so yeah check us out and if you haven't already do subscribe to us on the audio version of the podcast available on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify pandora iHeartRadio, tune in podbean and audible all great places but if you can subscribe please do subscribe on apple podcast because that's going to help us climb up in those rankings that's going to be it for this edition of the podcast my name is max mcguire and my name is joe oltman joe domestic terrorist oltman Joe domestic terrorist woman. See, they fact check that. They said uh, that they didn't actually call them domestic terrorists, even though we spent an hour going through reading it. from the letter. Yeah. 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 The AP says that they never did it. Remember that the fight to take back our country isn't over yet, guys, but the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together.